right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up. We got one of our boys on today, man. It's like we're talking to a, to another brother from a different mother. It's uh, it's going to be awesome, man. Brian Fuller, is, uh, he's been in the game for a long time and uh, a part of this show. And it's always cool and interesting to find out what he's churning out next. And this will not disappoint at all. No, sir. No, sir. Man, if you don't know who Brian Fuller is, you got to ask yourself, where have you been hiding? I mean, this guy is front and center just about everything automotive. I mean, television, uh, events. Uh, you name him, and he's been on everything from biker build-off, caffeine and octane, overhauling. Uh, man, he's been on Car Fix now for several seasons, so he's back in the game with one of our sister shows to Two Guys Garage. Uh, partner in crime for years. Uh, myself and Brian back in the day. Uh, it's been awesome for, I don't know how many years now, but um, yeah, every chance we get, try to connect up uh, either for fun times or car times or bike times, uh, you name it. But or both. Yeah, all of the above. Uh, maybe a beverage, too, you know, or three. we got to wash the dirt down with something. He's gotten, you know, years and years, he's been all about customizing, whether it's motorcycles, you know, hot rods, you know, old school classics, um, you know, anything to a fire pit, to a pergola. I mean, this guy, once he gets his hands on anything, it's got to be modified and custom. Uh, but he's always been, let's say, a little bit heavier on the customizing, the the cruising, you know, the kind of hot dogging. But lately, he's got the itch to really get into that precision driving called racing. Uh, and that's been really fun, really exciting to uh, to kind of watch and, you know, bounce stuff off. And, you know, you and I were at um, Radford Racing here recently, right? We did some episodes out there. And who did we run into at Radford Racing going to the school? Yeah, man. Brian Fuller. Yeah. Brian Fuller getting schooled, man. Getting the, the math, got his paper out, his sharp pencil, you know, taking notes, uh, going out on the track and ripping it up. Uh, and he's he's really diving into this vintage racing, which is a huge, huge love of mine, man. I love, you know, anything old school. And if you can make something old school go damn fast on a racetrack, I'm in. Yeah, man. Totally in. 
Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm as much as into racing the old vintage stuff. I like taking old vintage stuff and making it go fast with modern stuff. But it, it, it is, it's unbelievable um, how this vintage racing is, uh, is so popular. And, and the, the people that love it, man, they're 100% into it. I go to Bonneville all the time. And you see a lot of that, man. You see a lot of that that sort of uh that car nature out there and it's really it's unbelievable man one of the one of the really cool places as a car person you need to go check out like i'm sure you would say you know uh, up where you're at and the big cruises they have up there but really bonneville is one of those places where a lot of this lives and you see a lot of these style cars going big uh it's just real cool to see it's gonna be uh exciting to speak with brian and see what's uh you know what's on the agenda and what's on the horizon for some of this old vintage racing yeah and if you've never been to a a, a real vintage racing event you know i mean think of like road america or any one of these big uh, road courses right you're gonna see everything there's so many groups and classes because we've been racing forever you know, everything from old school Formula Ones, a Lotus 7, you're going to see the old school, you know, 60s uh, Corvettes and Camaros and every blend of, you know, maybe an old vintage Indy car, Formula One car, the Can-Am cars, probably one of the most spectacular of series, right? The Can-Ams, if you're not familiar with those, were kind of an unlimited class where you could just go wild, you know, tube chassis with a body. That's kind of about it. These guys are building a thousand, I've heard up to 1500 horsepower, these little flimsy 60s era, you know, tube chassis. Just <laughs> unbelievable. These things are probably wrapping up like a big rubber band with all that power because they've probably never intended to. But just the sound and the roar and the, you know, the violence of these things ripping around the track, uh, you, you can't go wrong, man. It's, it's a fantastic time. So many different cars out there all day long at one of these big races. Now, question, Bird, would you rather have yourself a 1,000 horsepower in a little vintage race car like like Brian is building or a 1,000 horsepower in an old-school muscle car? Yes. the same era. Yes. <laughs> Chalk me up for all of the above, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, curious, man. All right. Right on. We'll, we'll take a break. Speak with Brian. Looking forward to it. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We're back after the break it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have our boy, Brian Fuller, joined the podcast with us today. You never know what Brian's working on, man. Today, he reveals something uh, probably pretty unique. Is this the first time you've ever done something like this, man? Oh, dude. Yeah, my first race car, man. It's kind of scary. It's exciting. It's fun. It's scary. I don't know. Lots of emotion. So what, what got you... Uh, right, there's all kinds of vintage classes. I mean, you could get into a, a little old MG. 
right? You can spend big bucks and try to get into a, a you know a vintage Cobra. Uh, but here we are in an open wheel, right? Formula style vehicle. Now, the the Formula Ford, you know, Formula F, the F sixteen hundred series. I mean, it's a great one because it's kind of like this this stepping stone, right? It's the entry level class. You know, they kind of run them around the world and. You know, for a lot of folks, right, you start out in karting, you know, if you're serious, you start out in karting and then your next step is kind of, you know, Formula Ford where you go out there and, you know, prove your mustard and then, uh, you know, maybe really kind of leap into the more serious Formula series. Uh, so is that where we're headed, Brian? Are you going to be professional or are you just going to be out there an enthusiast and have a hell of a good time? <laughs> <laughs> are we doing a career change here? What's going on, man? Absolutely not. My wife, uh, you know, has been really scared about me racing and you know, her latest thing that she's told people is like, oh, my God, I've seen it on Instagram. Brian is going racing. And she's like, nah, he's just doing pickleball. <laughs> you just keep telling her that, man. Yeah. I'm like, babe, this is not like trying to go pro. This is like, you know, when you see the old dudes playing, you know, pickleball at, at the <laughs> Y. I'm not trying to go to the to Wimbledon. I'm trying to just go have fun. You know, like I just want to go fast. Yeah. This shuffleboard on the cruise deck. Yeah. Well, if anybody's <laughs> ever watched, you know, any kind of open wheel, you know, IndyCar, Formula One, uh, you know, you got open wheels. And, you know, when they touch sometimes, boy, that could be catastrophic. You know, they just climb right over each other. So there's like an extra layer, of, you know, don't let your wife hear this podcast, but, you know, there's like an extra layer of danger uh, and, and an open wheel. And, and, you know, you're in a tiny little pod, so you don't have all that width and crush zones and, and all that other stuff. So you're living on the edge, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, well, that's true. But, I mean, at the end of the day. Have you updated your will? Just ask. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. I've, yeah, I've already been asked that a bunch, but yes. But yeah, the, you know, the, that, the open wheel, you raised open wheel, I mean, back in college. I mean, yeah. the, the miss, I don't want to say it's the misnomer, but the thing is, one, I ride motorcycles almost daily. I ride in the city of Atlanta next to 18 wheelers. I do road trips. I go, you know, so I, I ride motorcycles a lot. So even just having a couple of extra wheels on the track makes me feel a lot more safe than, kind of my day-to-day -day existence well there's your end that's what you tell your wife i'm actually being safer now i got four wheels right i got a roll i got a roll cage okay let's not mention page anymore in this podcast that's enough of that <laughs> but the other you know the other thing about it is you know again depending on the series like you asked like why not get in a cobra you go in a cobra a lot of these guys are retired ceos right they're used to winning. They're used to playing sports. They're used to killing it like super adrenaline junkies, which I have a bit of. And so, you know, they need to replace that adrenaline that they got in business and they got in sport. And so this is a way that they can get in. So, yeah, if you're going to race this 500, 600, 750 horse, 3,500 pound rear wheel drive car around a track, then yeah, you better have your together and you better be ready. But, you know, like these are this is more of an entry level and a lot of the vintage racing, most of these guys, you know, depending on the, the, the series, the formula four guys, I'm going to say specifically, they're out there for fun. Doesn't mean they don't want to win, but at the end of the day, they're not trying to bump into each other and send, you know, 50, 60, 70 year old guys out into the, to the woods to die. You know, well, just a couple, <laughs> two, three at the front of the pack. So, you know, you hang back a little bit, yeah. you'd be all right. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, and, you know, everybody that's done any kind of racing, it, it, it's really how aggressive you want to be. Now, there's always the Yahoo out there that can take you out. So we got to watch out for that guy. But yeah, clearly, yeah. I mean, you can 
you can go 10 tenths and you can go past the line or you can be at, you know, nine and a half tenths and, and just have a blast, keep it within and, and just go out there and be super competitive. Uh, try to beat yourself for the most part, you know, improve your ride, prove your, your driving skills. Uh, but man, I'm, I'm super stoked. Hey, hey, Brian, tell us, you know, what, what made you pull that trigger? Cause it is different racing of any kind. I know. Cause I, I've, I've raced all kinds of stuff, man. And I've, you know, I love every single bit of it. I love competing in it. And I just, uh, it, to me, it's kind of addicting. What made you kind of pull the trigger and, and jump into this? Was there a moment? Was there was it that time out at Radford? Was it uh, when somebody explained how to, you know, draw the lines on a track or how to pick them? Um, was it seat time? What what was that that moment that really got you uh, sort of thinking and motivated to do it? You know, I turned fifty last year. I think that was a big part of it. You know, my body's just I can't play sports the way I used to. That's part of it. But I, I don't know. I always leaned to the Formula Ford. I'd seen him over the years, and I just felt like it looked like a really fun – I always wanted open wheel because I just don't like um, – I've done a couple of the experiences, like the NASCAR experiences and whatnot, and I don't like being surrounded and not being able to see, which is why I like a motorcycle because you've got complete 360 vision of all your surroundings and all of your competitors or whatever. And the same with an open wheel. You can really see – out and see what's happening um one and two you know there it was something i felt like i wanted whatever racing i got into and i felt like over time it was going to be something and i always just had this weird inclination that formula ford looked like a really fun series that you could run in and i like i mean you can i mean <clears throat> nearly the the worst part to get to is the motor transaxle in this car i mean you can have it out and probably 35 minutes even as you know polished and shiny as mine is like i can have the transaxle out in 30 minutes and repair the clutch um you know the radiator can be off in 15 minutes i can have the radiator off and so it's a very easy car to work on um, which also kind of lends itself to you know somebody who wants to not only drive but also build and drive your own car yeah for anybody out there that wants to do a quick google uh so you have a Mirage chassis, right? So this is the M5, Mirage M5. Yep. Like, you know, somewhere around, what year is yours? 70? They only made it. There were only seven of them made. And I think supposedly mine is the only one in the States. Um, I've only seen pictures really of maybe one, maybe I've seen, there's a nice one if you Google, it's in New Zealand, I believe. Um, and I think there was maybe one other one that I've seen a picture of hardly, but everybody seems to kind of know about them because they wore the Gulf livery and the Mirage car was a fairly famous uh, car pre formula Ford in the sixties. Cause it was one of the very few uh, private competitors to ever win Le Mans. So I think that was the M five or I'm sorry, uh, maybe M three, one of the earlier ones that did that. Yeah, so I think the M5, if you Google that, uh, beautiful looking car, right? You'll you'll kind of key in right away and say, oh, I've seen something like that before. Uh, no aerodynamics, right? So it's just, you know, the fuselage, the open wheels. You can see the old kind of vintage looking kind of tires that these things run. Uh, and, you know, the no aero uh, kind of keeps the cost down, the complexity down. So it really lets folks get in and focus on, you know, the driving, right? Get in a good, competent sort of chassis, uh, learn the skills, learn the lines. Uh, and I tell you what, man, um, as you mentioned, I did a lot of the Formula SAE. So it's, you know, college engineering. You build the cars from scratch. 
these were in the 500 you know pound range right aluminum chassis uh you know cbr 600 cc type motors but the power to weight was as good as anything you've ever been in you know i think we were like an inch or less of ground clearance and probably some of the most fun driving i've ever done in my life you know so i can imagine uh you know that's a bigger ride probably less power for power to weight but still once you get in one uh, i can only imagine you know from my experiences uh what a thrill what a rush now did you mention uh you know what condition you know because you've sent me pictures over the last year or two you know i've seen some of the the custom header and some of the exhaust that you've built you know what is allowed within the rules uh as far as modifications i know there's a lot of different engines right the original ones were that the kent the ford kent engine i think at some point they kind of faded out and started replacing with some more modern you know like the ztac and the duratec versions um but you know are you allowed to do much in the way of changes because typically you know any series has a series of rules yeah my car falls in uh the the oldest of the vintage which was the formula ford and i think most of the series uh it's right about 69 to 73 <clears throat> and so kind of some of the general class segment you know rules are obviously you've got the 1600 formula ford engine you've got an um outboard brakes you have outboard shocks, you've got kind of steel brakes, um, you're, you're limited by your engine work, you know, they've got a whole, you know, there's what feels like eight pages of shit that you can do and you can't do. Um, but in general, they're trying to keep it pretty close to what they were originally. So exhaust, they don't care. You can do anything you want with exhaust. Paint, of course, you can do anything you want. Seats. Um, but in essence, like my car, for example, um, came as like, you know, <laughs> I bought it from the guy. I met him at Road Atlanta just randomly. And he goes, yeah, man, I've got a Formula Ford. Like, oh, my God, I've been looking for a Formula Ford for like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I don't know. It's great. Finally, I'm 50. I stumbled on Formula Ford. Like, I knew it. I knew it. This is what was going to happen. And so he's got the motor. He's got all the stuff. It was like five. It was like five grand. And I was like five grand like this is crazy and uh you know right as i'm about to pull the trigger my wife calls me and says and tells me that um you know tells me a story about my friend like falling on a bicycle and hit his head and i'm like maybe not a good time to tell her what i'm doing right now okay let's wait so anyway it was a bare chassis it had a motor blah 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 and i was like oh there's no transaxle he's like oh yeah it'll I think those are like three grand, a couple grand, three grand. No, okay, cool. We'll come to find out there's only one in the whole country and it's like 6,500 bucks. So he was close. He was yeah, close. You know, yeah. <laughs> Just a little off. You know, supply <laughs> chain issue, supply chain issue. That's just blaming on COVID. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everybody else does. But still, um, that's a pretty good, you know, combined, that's a pretty good entry price for, for a vehicle. Now, you know, you put a lot into it. Uh, where most folks would just get it running because it's a race car. And you know what happens to race cars. They get, you know, at minimum, a bunch of road rash and debris and things spit all over them. Uh, and then, of course, at maximum could be, you know, lots of things. Uh, but but you're having fun because you're a builder. You're a customizer. So, you know, you're not just getting it running. You're making this thing look, you know, like it came off the showroom. Maybe even better. I want to know, did you drive it at all before you tore it apart and started the restoration? Did you get a chance to put anything together and actually? Well, I wanted to, you know, I kind of wanted to, but 
as you know, with TV schedules, they're like, hey, we've got a slot for it. And, you know, this is where it needs to go. And you're like, all right, well, I guess we're going to paint it. No, we never have our cars on our show, bro. We don't know what that's like. Look behind me. <laughs> You've never seen one of these on. But you have a different problem. Uh, but, okay, TV schedules and the likes. So you never had any seat time before you started this massive restoration. No, but, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not, I mean, you know, there's, there's not that much that, again, you can tear the thing apart and you can put it together so, so easily one and two, I really spent a lot of time doing pre-fit because that pre-fitment, you know, I mean, you can blame and, and Willie B, I know you probably remember and bird, you'll probably remember, you know, in my opinion, all this shit started with Troy and blowfish. I was going to bring that up. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah, man. No blowfish. Well, yeah, this marriage of fine craftsmanship, with with race cars and yeah. it seems so silly at face value but I, I i love it like that car i think probably took a lot of us you know took the our feet out from us and said, wow you know like the marriage of these two awesome things that make no sense but i i, I think is the coolest thing ever well and, and the fact that he was taking different engines and drivetrains and setting world speed records on several different several different bars he was set on a small block a big block certain drivetrains he set you know several world records in the blowfish uh and again he always maintained that show car level as well so it, it's tough to beat man it's a that's a tough act to follow racing and yeah. styling yeah, you dude. know like and what is that i mean how long has that been i mean that was 10 15 15, 15 years, ago? years yeah. ago i mean and when i saw that shit, i was like this bleep 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 just like he just built a race car like you would build a show car you know what i mean and troy was my hero still is my hero for a long time and i'm like damn it you know what i mean like now now if you build a race car you gotta build it and at the end of the day like you said you could go buy these cars one of the great things about it 10 to 15 grand, sometimes even cheaper, sometimes a hair more expensive, but somewhere in the seven to $20,000 range, you can buy these cars already basically ready to go to the track. And you're not going to spend a lot more on maintenance. I mean, the engine can run for 10 years. You're going to mainly spend money on gas, hotel room, and tires, brake pads. You know, like it's, it's really a pretty inexpensive series, you know, but at the end of the day, again, like you said, I'm, I'm not a race car driver. I mean, like I did pretty good. I felt like I really learned at Radford and it was incredible to, to finally have some training. Um, cause I had none, you know? And so that was, that was a blast. And I really could feel the improvement and I got faster, but you know, I need, I'm a builder, man. I want to show up in the thing. People are like, damn, like, I don't, I don't care if I make it halfway through the field, if I can, you know, I got to win the builder contest. That's my, that's the contest I have to win at the track. <laughs> I'm kind of betting that if, you know, anything happens to this car, scratch, dent, smashed, you probably know a guy yeah, that could fix yeah. it, you know, right? So there you yes. go. And it's a heck of a lot smaller than, you know, the, uh, what was that hearse that you guys did yeah. years ago? So much yeah. surface area, so much paint. This thing's super tiny, right? You can whip that thing out in like a weekend, right? I mean, it reminds me of a story. <laughs> You know, a quick story just from my dad when I was a kid. <clears throat> he got drunk at a Ducks Unlimited auction. And he came back. He accidentally raised his hand on this really beautiful engraved over and under 20 gauge, sick, sick gun I still own today. And uh, and he brought, he's like, you better take care of this thing. And blah, 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 
you know, like all up in my grill. And the next morning he woke up and he goes, you know, man, I take that back. I hope you use the shit out of this thing and it's worn out and it's put up on the mantle and it's beat there to hell go. and you used it all the time. And that's really- That's my philosophy. Yeah, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, like, you know, they're only new ones. You get the photos, you put it up on the wall, you know what you can do. And then you go out and beat it up. And, you know, hey, rebuild it in a few years and whatever. There you go. All right, let's take a break, man. More with Brian Fuller, Vintage Racing. It is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're back after the break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We are fired up. One of our boys, Brian Fuller, is on the podcast talking about vintage racing. Man, he is he is into it. Let me tell you, when I say he's into it, you wouldn't believe this car that it, that he's restoring. And it is gorgeous. One of the only ones in the States. Now, you can Google this thing. Um, I, I will tell you, uh, Bird, you got some firsthand experience out at Road America watching these type cars um, go around the track and push it a little bit. What? What was your takeaway from being out there watching some of these guys and um, how they're driving these things? It, it was pr- it was pretty awesome. Uh, went out with a couple of buddies that were building their own vintage cars. So one was like a seventy, uh, I forget when it's two forty Zs, you know, versus the two sixties, two eighties. But it's a two forty Z. The other one had an MGB, uh, you know, so it's an MG with sort of the uh, hatchback version. He had a Rover V8 swap. Yeah, I've got a couple of them sitting in my yard. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, so that was on the one end. But then I have, uh, you know, my shop buddies right around the corner, RM Motorsports. Uh, they cater to the guys that Brian was talking about earlier, these CEOs of Kmart and whoever else, right? They can say, hey man, build me up a Can-Am car or Formula 5000 or whatever, you know, vintage, uh, you know. They got Jacques Villeneuve's, you know, 90 whatever year, uh, Formula One car in there. You know, they have everything. It's just packed, packed full of some of the most amazing machinery and historical pieces ever, uh, owned by a lot of these wealthy guys. So I got to kind of see buddies on both ends, you know, my, my working buddies, you know, spending 10 grand, 20 grand, building something themselves in their garage for 10 years to go race. And then these guys flying in on helicopters, landing in with the support crew, semi trucks, you know, ready to just kind of hand them a driver's suit and go out there. Uh, And it was the funnest, you know, full weekend of racing because you've got every single class, you know, duking it out. So you got every flavor of ice cream you could imagine. Uh, And what was really interesting is a lot of these vehicles uh, they're driven by non-professionals, and they've pushed the horsepower two, three times what they probably were back in the 60s. Uh, so 
the carnage, the number of gearboxes being blown out, uh, you know, like, but some of these guys can afford it, right? So, you know, you, they go out and just have an absolute blast. You think these things are the rarest of, you know, entities on the planet, which they are, but I think is so cool, like we talked about before the break, go out there and use it and abuse it. And these guys do. And, you know, hey, if they wad one up, they put one in a corner, they blow a motor, you know, some guys, right? They have the paycheck and they say, hey, rebuild it. And there are guys like us that say, absolutely, that sounds awesome. And they're, you know, putting a buck out there. They're remaking the monocoque frame, you know, the new body panels, the new A-arms, whatever it is from from a piece of scrap, you know? Look, you can't race it unless you can afford to rebuild it. That's one of the golden rules of racing, man. If you if you're <laughs> yeah. racing it, you better be able to afford to. Re- I never I've never entered a race uh, without that. I got a win mentality. That's just the way I am. I don't care what race it is. I'm trying to win. So if you can't rebuild it, you better not be racing it. So yeah. whether it's yourself or you write a check, either way, I, man, it's all good. Yeah, you know, Brian, it, are you really looking forward to showing this thing off? But more more so, getting in a seat and really pushing what you built to the limit because that's got to be a fun, you know, sort of. Um, carrot hanging out in front of you you know to me it's just trying to get through the mental getting ready for the first butterflies and i think radford was obviously the first kind of go around the funny thing is when you do radford you start out they got you going in hellcats the first three days right so big heavy motor up front just this little bitty test track in arizona you guys were running those same cars around right yeah yeah, yeah. And so then if you take the formula class like we did, then they push you into the formula classes, usually on day four. And they're like, oh, yeah, so all of it that we taught you for the last three days, throw it out. And you're like, oh, my God, are you serious? So then they're like from trail braking where you're using the brake in order to load the front wheels so that you're taking that big heavy engine and using it to your advantage to get around the corner. So that's what we were doing a lot of with the big front engine car. Now with a mid engine or a rear engine car, they do the opposite. So you don't want to kind of like the way they teach you is to throw a dart. So if you turn the dart around backwards and try to throw it, the engine is in the back trying to get around you. So you don't want to load the front. You want to either be neutral. So you're off the brake, you know, or if anything, you want to have a little what they call maintenance throttle to kind of help you through the corner so that you're keeping the rear wheels planted um, in a rear mid engine. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, I just learned what the apex was. And now you're telling me it's changed. And I'm like, <laughs> and I learned what trail braking was. And I'm like, I just got this figured out in three days. And now you're telling me to change it. I'm like, Jesus. And it really wasn't that bad. I mean, it was fine, but you know, it was just funny. You're like, okay, we're changing now. All that done. Yeah. It's really interesting. Once you, you know, when, Drag racing is its own thing, I think. But once you get into a road course uh, and understanding the balance of the car and where you're transferring weight to what tires and what it's going to do to your vehicle, it's like a whole kind of different playground. You know, it's a fun dance. And and once you understand the the basics and, you you know, you've been around the track, you know, quite a few times, uh, boy, you, you can feel, oh, man, I didn't throw it like I should have, you know? It didn't come out like, you know, I should have pitched it. Ugh. And you're just, you're trying to work that car. So you're getting everything out of those four tires. And uh, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun game. Well, and you can, you know, it's a 
I would encourage anybody who has, you know, some excitement about uh, performance driving to go and list one of these schools. And regardless of whether you want to go racing or not, I mean, you know, you get to be our age and you're like, dude, I need to put another, you know, like bucket in the feather in the cap, you know, and like check it off of the list. And to be able to actually understand how to drive fast, not just straight, how do you really drive faster? Um, our, our company, uh, usually last couple, three years, we go out to AMP, they have a 55 mile an hour karting, really bitching 0.8 oh, mile, wow. like lots of elevation change, gorgeous uh, track for uh, rental cars. So we take the whole company out there. It's a bunch of hot riders and motorcycle guys. And I'm usually right about fifth, you know, out of our 25, you know, members that go or whatever. And uh, I'm hoping this year after my training, I'm like, <laughs> I want to move up a couple, three notches. I'm like, I'm, come on, got to go to three, you know? Yeah. I just took my, uh, my five-year-old son, uh, you know, side-by-side cart, you know, one of the fun zones, uh, but you know, he's five. So he's in there and, you know, three dads with their three kids, you know, there's obviously the, the carts are completely not the same speeds, but we kept the same speed and just kept weaving in and out, you know, so they would get the feeling of passing and then passing again and, you know, watching them white knuckle the little seat next to us. Uh, so I'm, I'm slowly pumping my kid up for, uh, some of these future adrenaline rushes, you know? My my two year old pulled into my sixty seven Camaro just a minute ago when we started the podcast. So uh, I, I'm with you, man. <laughs> uh, it, it is a blast, man, and for sure, hanging it out and and banging some turns and you know really pushing that car, especially on road course. That's why I love road courses so much and and karting so much. Uh, it's just last, man. Every time I'm riding and driving in that, I'm just laughing. I'm enjoying it so much. And it's so you know, even though I'm competing and I'm you know trying to get the best time. Dude, I'm laughing. I'm enjoying the hell out of it, and to me, that's what's most important. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. A, it doesn't have to be the biggest, baddest. I mean, Willie, when you and I were out at Radford doing the karting, I mean, dude, we had such I a was riot. Smoking you. Uh, well, you did. You did kind of. You did kind of pull some Look. quickies on me, but uh, <laughs> but it was so much fun, dude. You know, I didn't yeah. care because we were just dogging it back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it's a blast. You dude. know. Uh, it's so much fun. And as I was mentioned before, like every corner, you're like, oh, man, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. I didn't quite throw it right. Uh, but you just go around the next corner and you try it again. Yeah, it's a, it's a blast. And I can't wait for you to experience that, Brian, especially in a you know, competitive setting. That's going to be such a riot for you, man. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. When do you start? And, and how's the, re, how's the re- restoration coming right now, the, the rebuilding of this thing? Where are you at right now with it? I'm pretty far along. We, we've got most of the wiring and plumbing is done. The water's finished. Um, I stripped one of the brake little, had this gorgeous little fitting, you know, to split our stainless steel brake lines, you know, and I was on car fix. And I was like, all right, got to get this one in, get that one in. And, you know, most of my day to day is not in assembling wiring. So I'm a little out of practice and I just wrenched it like, damn it. So I finally got that in, uh, motors ready to fire. Um, so really the big, the two, uh, the two bugaboos have been the rear hub, which is kind of like a a one-off hub. And again, there's none of these around. Um, it's a magnesium cast little aftermarket hub. And so, you know, you start calling these people like, Hey, this is what I've got. And they're like, Oh yeah, call Ray. And then, Ray sends you to Bob and, you know, Bob's like, yeah, man, I'm going to make you some axles. No worries, bro. 
And then two months goes by. He's like, oh, I can't do it. And he sends you to gym. And they're like, now I'm back like eight months later or whatever it is. And I got a nearly finished car with no access. And then I go back to the guy originally because we ended up buying some donuts from you have to use these rubber donuts on the inside. It's part of the class. So we bought some him like, man, I'm still struggling. He goes, oh, yeah, well, I got the flanges. I'm like, six months later, now you tell me you have the flanges? Jesus. <laughs> so, and then he's like, oh, well, yeah, I know where to buy the U-joint, too. And I've got a special tool I made to turn down the U-joint. And I'm like, okay, well, I still don't know. Like, the front is, because, um, again, they were done right about, Formula Ford was developed right about 66 in England. You know, and they just wanted a way to kind of standardize and get people, you know, kind of prepped to go into Formula One for years and years. That was the standard. I don't think people are really getting into them too much these days to really move forward in racing because I think they just skip from carts to like Formula Three or Formula Four um, in a more modern kind of setting if they're going to really go racing. So these days it's pretty much just, you know, the old guys farting around having fun. And so anyway, they, the front parts are Sprite. So, Mm. uh, sorry, Spitfire, Triumph Spitfire or what the first, the front parts are the rear, like Triumph GT six is what somebody tells you GT two. And then they're like Sprite. So I don't even know what the hell I have to use for my outer. I I bought like three feels like none of them work. (laughs) Ask Jim, (laughs) call Jim again. Don't have access. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then Ray. I'm getting closer. No doubt, man. So when do you expect to be wheels on the ground doing your first race? Oh, so, you know, the hard, crappy part is I feel like I'm going to almost be done the week of SEMA. And I don't know if I've got some maybe to put it in the Lincoln Electric booth. Um, So if that happens, then I wouldn't be able to race it at Coda. Coda is the same week. Um, Circuit of the Americas were Formula One and um, – also MotoGP race. So that's the track up my home state in Texas that I'm just dying to get on that track in a Formula Ford. They have a big race, but they have them all over the country. So chances are I may not be able to do it this year. I may have to wait till the spring when it fires back up. Um, at that point, I'll be completely ready. And so I'll probably be testing and tuning through the winter if I had to really guess. And then I'll be ready ready to kind of really jump in next year. All right. I got to ask, where do you test and tune a car like that? (laughs) It's good to know people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I imagine you could hop on any sort of track day, um, right. And and kind of sort out all the bugs. Yeah. We have a road Atlanta locally. We have amp again, which also has a car track barber. I have a lot of buddies at barber. Um, you've got Roebling, which is a classic old track, like next to a, you know, when you go to Indy and you feel like you're going through a neighborhood, Yeah, you know, you go to, it's the same kind, but even smaller. There's a little track in Savannah, Georgia called Roebling. that's like that. <clears throat> so VIR, uh, what else? Laguna, of course, would be a lot of fun to come out there and do that one. And then my, you know, my long-term goal, pie in the sky dream is that, you know, I can talk people like Bird into coming with me and we load up a container with like two or three cars with the tools and the stuff we need and some motorcycles, ship it to uh, Australia, go race in Australia, ride around motorcycles, ship it to Spain and basically just, you know, every six months or a year, keep it moving, 
go race around the world. Uh, yeah, sign me up, bro. <laughs> sign me up for that. <laughs> I need. I need some. I like the muscle. way. That's why I hang out with Brian. Man. I, I like the way he thinks. You know, he thinks big. You know, and when and when we go, ah, oh, I don't know about that. It does it anyway. You know, so. You only live once, man. You only live once. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I like this man. <laughs> Amen to that. Not getting right. any younger. Amen, brother. You're right. done. Well, where can people check out the build, the car, all things uh, related? Mr. Brian Fuller, what, what you're doing, man? Well, same old, same old. Fuller Moto in Atlanta. Uh, same on Instagram. Carfix and uh, Caffeine and Octane on Motor Trend, 1030 and 11 a.m. Saturday and Sunday for Carfix. There you go, man. Uh, find him, check it out, give him a follow, check out that cool bill. Don't forget about Air's show, Aaron Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming format, a great way to find us. Thanks to our guest, Brian Fuller, Fuller Moto. Um, he is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Mr. Bob Eckert. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted. 2022, Brenton Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Right on, man. I'm excited, man. Whether it's a track day or a full-on race, uh, man, I'm going to come down and check you out one of these days. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I need a little, I need some pit crew and inspiration. So, you know. That's right. I'll bring the the, the cold beer in the cooler for oh, afterwards yeah. and a couple of wrenches, a screwdriver, maybe a big hammer. <laughs> be good to go. Hope I don't need a hammer. Good <laughs> job, man. All right, man. Always great to catch up with you, man. Un, you know, yeah, that was awesome. Share with the world what's going on in the life of Brian Fuller. Um, hopefully, we'll catch up with you again soon. That was fun. Thanks. Good good call staying on Formula Ford. That worked out. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it, man. Uh, check out your vintage racing local to you, man. I promise you it'll be a great time, and we will have to catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.